you can't be what you don't see. And so it's so important for children to see a black teacher, a black artist, a black lawyer, doctor, you know, state representative, whatever the case may be, we need to be able to see ourselves. Hi, I'm Jordan Syme from the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. This podcast has been underwritten by the following supporters. William Ravis, the official real estate office of the Arts Foundation. The Cape Cod Foundation, Mass Hire, the Cooperative Bank of Cape Cod, the Melody Tent, and the John K. and Thurza F. Davenport Foundation. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Creative Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're discussing inspiring students through the arts. Leading us in this conversation is artist and founder of Amplify POC, Tara Vargas Wallace. Tara is a strong voice and advocate through her work with marginalized populations with severe socioeconomic challenges. Tara brings along her friend and fellow artist, Maria Reed. Maria is a retired arts educator born and raised on Cape Cod. Her dad, Joe Deleuze, was president of the NAACP. Maria was an arts educator in the Barnstable school system and recently retired after 35 years. She says her main focus was getting students to really enjoy and love art. Building confidence through art was a goal as a teacher. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. I would say that's when I really got into actually paint pouring and really started to like hone that technique um, in a way that I was able to make because paint pouring, you don't have a lot of control over. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, um, and that can be a little uh, madness. I mean, it took so many <laughs> tries to finally get it right. So many different formulas because it's not just um, pouring paint on, on a canvas. You have to actually do a lot of mixing mm-hmm. with like, you know, you can mix with a number of different things. I actually use um, flood flow mm-hmm. and, you know... It, mix it with a portion of that and a portion of water because um, the water really breaks up the acrylic paint uh, if you put too much. But yeah, I really got into learning different techniques and being able to figure out how to make it look like something. So like, for instance, you know, there's a way you can, there's a there's a technique where you can make it look like a butterfly and there's a technique where you can make it look psychedelic or, so there's all these different techniques you can try and, and all these different really cool instruments you can use um, to create different patterns and different, um, lots of different, I love the way, the, what I love about paint pouring is when the paint mixes mm-hmm. um, into all all of these different color patterns it's just like mesmerizing mm-hmm. and as you as you shift and move the the canvas around um you know you just you watch the colors mix and move together and there's like this this synergy and it's just it's almost like music like i hear music when i see it yeah <laughs> it's really that. cool paint pouring is like the old marbleizing Kind of. You like can do a marbleized effect. We yep. used to do marbleizing back with mm-hmm. the kids years ago yeah. when the paper and the kids would just swirl that paint. So I've looked at, I actually just did a, a piece that had, had incorporated a little bit of paint pouring in, which I'd never done. 
And, uh, ooh, that is a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it, is. it is. It's a yeah, lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's great. And what what's really cool about it, what I've really loved about it, especially as I've gotten busier, is it's the type of art that you don't, once you get it down pat and you figure out your different techniques, um, it's the type of art that doesn't take a lot of time. So when you're busy... You know, now that I've gotten into Amplify and really growing Amplify, um, I ha- I don't have a lot of time for art, but there are times when I insist on taking time for myself, um, and it's something that doesn't take a lot of my time. It's you know, it could take maybe a half hour to get something done, uh, at least you know the first phase of it, and then you cure it afterwards. But mm. yeah, so mm. it's it, the, so the pandemic really helped me explore that art form. I've always um, been into the arts since I was a little girl. I mean, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I used to write poetry and I would draw. I used to draw really well and I've always painted. I'm a singer. So I have all types of different. Oh yeah, I sing. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> mostly I, I sing, sing mostly too. in the shower these sound days. That great. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and I make jewelry as well. So um jewelry making I love to to make jewelry. Um and so yeah, and when I got into paint pouring, it was just something that I found that I could do that wouldn't take up too much time and I could still sort of try to fit into my busy yeah, busy life. Mm. Yeah, you're busy. Yeah. You're in high demand. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And to add, you know, you know, so much input into what we're all doing, at, you know, day to day, which I'd love to jump into the topic um, since you're both so socially active um, with your different causes and, um, you know, Maria, with your background and your dad and being part of the NAACP as her a dad and her mom and your mom, yeah. mm-hmm. um, being so involved in that and um, and then connecting it with the momentum of the Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter um, moment. Uh, you know, it, I'm just curious about like just to have a conversation about representation in the arts now. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. Um, I would also say, um, you know, with this pandemic, um, the the communities of color have sort of, especially the black community, um, has been it's 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 a double whammy. I mean, you've yeah. got the the pandemic and then all of this racial unrest, which we've been dealing with for centuries. But mm-hmm. with the outcry of watching, uh, you know, the George Floyd murder before our eyes, um, you know, I mean, it brings back mm-hmm. Rodney King. And um, and so having to already deal with a pandemic, you know, for the first time in our in our lifetime and then having all this racial unrest just really come to um, national. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not attention, but um, it's just outcry. It just the outcry, the raising up of a little yeah. bit more of the awareness of it. It's really, um, it's really affected us. And, you know, we're not all monolithic. I can't speak for everyone. But as a woman of color myself with, you know, married to a black man with black children, um, it has uh, definitely sparked uh, something in me that I just can't put down. And so I guess that's why I went and created Amplify. But, um, you know, I think representation all across the board Mm -hmm. um, definitely is needed, especially in the arts. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, the arts are not as supported, well supported, especially in the business industry. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it seems like we, you know, as artists, we're just not getting, um, I don't know, maybe the attention or the, not even just the attention, but the, the services and the funding for, you know, in the business community as artists. We just don't get as much respect in the business community as artists, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, we're known as, as kind of like the, the, you know, the bohemians or, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. People just don't, the, the business world just doesn't look at, look at us as, as businesses or, mm-hmm. or respect us as uh, business owners and entrepreneurs. So um, representation in the arts is so important. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think our biggest problem is just really isn't a lot of representation on the Cape anyways. Absolutely. Um, we have a few uh, very well-known artists that are doing very well, that are raised and, 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 and working well. You know, Carl Lopes and mm-hmm. Joe Diggs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, is another woman, Jacobs. Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Miller. Robin Miller. Uh, she's, a, yeah. she's from New York. Yes. Uh, yeah, but she, her, her art is fun. Mm-hmm. She's very vibrant and fun. And, Love it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've, I've always... Oh, and James Stanley. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, yeah. you have to really be in the world mm-hmm. to really know who um, mm-hmm. who some of the artists are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to that uh, an opening at the Cape Museum of, of Fine Arts, and one of the things someone had said to me he goes, "How come your work's not here?" And it was a lot of black artists, mm-hmm. and I said, um, "No one's really kind of looked at my art. I I do a lot of private things, so there isn't a lot out there mm-hmm. uh, for people to see." So that was, I think, one of the reasons why. Tara uh-huh. contacted me. Um, Absolutely. Because uh, I, I do some fun stuff. I think I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, particularly in communities of color, mm-hmm. I don't think we realize that all of these art organizations on the Cape really supported us or were for us. We didn't really see ourselves being pictured or having our art um, being represented in these organizations. I think a lot of us, I mean, I know I used to think before I really got to know more about what you do now, Julie. And um, I used to think that all of it, it would cost a lot of money to be uh, involved in all of these organizations, art organizations across the Cape. So I never really pursued getting my art put into these um, organizations and having it, you know, my art shown. I I really never knew where to show my art. Um, So I would pick whoever would approach me, you know what I mean? Because it was like, well, or or maybe some of us didn't even think we were good enough to be mm. in these art institutions. I mean, a yeah. lot of, yeah. there there's a lot of prestigious art institutions on the Cape. So it's like, how do we, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, communities of color really don't know if we fit, I guess, in these mm. places and spaces. Mm-hmm. So mm. I, I see it a little different only because as a teacher, mm. um, I I was able to see um, and be involved with students to get their art seen. Nice. So I knew that there were so many places. The Cape is so rich mm. with the love of art. And um, I think they tried to cut art in Barnstable schools like once upon a time, and that just never happened again. That, <laughs> I think he apologized for even attempting it. Um, because it's just, it, it it's such a rich, I mean, it's just so much is going on. I mean, from the history from P-Town and all the famous artists that, used to be in P-Town, if you don't know any of that information, I mean, um, mm-hmm. we're not 
we're not told that with this kind of stuff that you have to find out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. just so just just so many um, avenues for kids. Um, and that's where I looked at it was for kids. And I never really thought about putting my art out there. Um, um, but then, you know, I hear, you know, Joe Diggs in my ear and Carl Lopes like, when are you going to do yours, Maria? When are you going to do yours? Um, so I think it's just I think it's just a matter of just being confident now to mm-hmm. to look out there. I mean, just there's such beautiful things that you can find. Mm-hmm. Nothing is un- impossible now. You right. can Google it. You can look it up. You can ask mm-hmm. where are black artists. This is a lot. Yeah. But yeah. for the Cape. Um, we need work. We need to we do need, more need work a little bit more yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And Maria, I would... I, would you say that because I don't think I think for you it was different because you were so involved um, with your career and with inspiring so many of our future artists. So you had these connections. But I don't think necessarily within the communities, unless we knew someone who knew someone, we really never really knew about a lot of these organizations or we knew about them and didn't think that we fit there or could see ourselves there. What do you do? You think that's? I, I think so. I think when you when you go to a lot of these programs, many a times you 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 are the only person of color that that is in the room. Um, that's just really the dynamics of the Cape, yes. anyways. You know, yep. so it doesn't everywhere. Um, um, but Maria, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did I interrupt your thought? No, I'm glad you did. Okay. <laughs> um. You know, you bring up Tara brought up a good a good point about like accessibility. Yeah. Right. Like, I I also felt like um, sometimes the arts, and even the arts foundation before I even knew what the arts foundation did, I felt like, you know, what is that elitist group <laughs> right group of white people doing over there? You know, like what are they? I didn't want to say it, but. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, it really um, was, I was very curious about it. And when I learned more and then did, um, you know, end up getting the job, uh, one of the things that I I have found that has been most satisfying in my work um, is realizing in my, in our experience working with um, Housing Assistance Corporation and really having my attention brought to just the... Um, the impact of, you know, socioeconomic challenges and access to things mm-hmm. that yes. um, when I think about, you know, like my kids have access to things that other kids don't and that's not right. You know, I work in the Thank Arts you. Foundation and so I know, you know, that my kid can go take a ukulele class somewhere, right? right? So we created a program called um, AFCC Access, which does provide connecting families and students to um, cultural offerings throughout the Cape. I love it. And yeah, mm-hmm. and it's something we want to grow. So mm-hmm. at a, another time, I'd love to dig deeper into yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know, and get more feedback on it. But Maria, if, as an arts educator, did you feel um, like this was kind of like a very uh, important kind of connection, right, for kids kind of coming up through the system Um you know, black, white, whatever, like this, like, did you, it was there like a common thread with like, you know, in your bio, you, you mentioned, you know, connecting students with like building confidence through the arts, you know, like building access through the arts too. Like, um, I think one of the biggest things I noticed was 
as a teacher, not necessarily an art teacher, but a teacher, was the wide eyes of seeing a person of color mm-hmm. when they walked in the room. Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, kids back, you know, used to l- literally fight to get into my classroom. Like, it was just so wonderful. I would have all the little brown children that would just love because <laughs> it was so important to see a teacher. I mean, probably yeah. by the time they got to sixth grade, I started in the middle school, was doing sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And... Um, to see the kids come in and just smile from ear to ear like, I have a black teacher, because I was probably the only one they had by the time I got got to to the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And um, that alone, I I just enjoyed that little piece and seeing the pretty little girls come in and getting them to smile and put that beautiful smile on that pretty, and, and giving them brown crayons, you know? Like, you know, they'd go to, you know, color something, and I'm like, I'm like, you might want, do you want to try a brown crayon? And not to say that you can't use others, but I think as young artist, um, my mother had me painting black Santa Clauses long before you couldn't buy a black Santa Claus. You, mm-hmm. you couldn't find one. Mm-hmm. And I had painted Santa Claus. I went to Sally Logan's ceramic shop and all of my little, little characters were all brown. And my mother made it very clear that it was to be very proud mm-hmm. to be brown because, no, you know, black Santa came to my house. The right. white Santa didn't come exactly. to my house. The black Santa came to my house. Right. And um, so to see the kids um, light up mm-hmm. when um, when I would come into the room, and, and not necessarily because I wanted them to be artists, but I wanted them to be comfortable. And mm-hmm. I and I think I think I did a good job. I, I, I still see students that um, have nothing to do with art at all, <laughs> and you know, right. but remember a kind word or the fact that I had lotion, you know, in the classroom, or I was a safe place for many students to come to. Um, yeah, I, I was a safe. I was a safe spot, you know, mm-hmm. never judgment, and you know, mm-hmm. and. I, I forgot if you did something, and you know we forgot about it and start again the next day. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I enjoyed the, that um, seeing the kids and and watching them um, transform what they didn't think could happen. Mm-hmm. And it didn't again. It didn't necessarily mean art. Mm-hmm. It, right. it didn't. It didn't have to really do with art. It was just the process of starting something and then completing it, or mm-hmm. um, feeling confident enough to 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 do it, and mm-hmm. then really looking at it and and understanding, you know, to, just to keep going. Um, and it was nice to hear kids say that I'm the first art teacher that ever cared about their artwork. And not that to say that there weren't others, because there was a lot of great art mm-hmm. teachers, you know, throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think I had a little bit more of a connection yeah. with some of the kids um, mm-hmm. just because the way I looked Absolutely. and the music I played oh, and, I and the fun that I had because I really enjoyed my job a lot. <laughs> you can tell. You yeah. can tell. And and I just want to say, you know, t- touch on two things that you brought up. Um, I mean, we're talking about how representation matters, right? right. And so you know, when you were speaking about how the children would just light up when they Mm -hmm. would come into your classroom um, and just, you know, crowd around you, I got goosebumps because Mm -hmm. you can't be what you don't see. And so it's so important for children to see a black teacher, a black artist, a black lawyer, doctor, you know, state representative, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. we need to be able to see ourselves. And so 
thank you for sharing that with You're us. Welcome. I really, I'm getting yeah. all teary eyed, but it's so important. It's yeah. so important, especially because when you come from marginalized communities, yeah. right, and and people are already suffering. Um, the it's what's really important is we're 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 coming from the mentality of we aren't often told that we can be something. It's go to work, put dinner on the table. We have no time for education. We have no time for art. We have no time for this. It's we need to hustle. And so when we're not told you can be a teacher, you can be an artist, you can be a musician, you can be a doctor or a lawyer or a state representative, that is really, really where it's impactful for kids, I think. And, and you know, it's just so important. So thank you for sharing that. And mm-hmm. the second thing I wanted to bring up, Maria just made a cultural reference about lotion, and I don't even know if Julie. <laughs> I know exactly. And I don't mean. Because I, don't... I, I have a friend that also uses lots of lotion. She's always got lotion. Always. <laughs> awesome. But maybe, right. you wanna, maybe you want to share because not well, everybody I mean, will know. Well, I don't know. Folks of color, we, we, we don't want. You know, we got dry skin. <laughs> well, everybody <laughs> does, but there's you know, a it's just something mean that that you just. Yeah. I would have lotion on my counter, and it, and it was always non-smelling because the boys yeah. were always the worst. The Ashy girls knees. were a little bit. Ashy. Girls were a little bit more Ashy. primpy. You know, they take a little bit more time in the morning and do stuff. And guys, they just come in the next. You know, you know, they would come in and they would literally just go, I'm "Just gonna get some lotion, Miss Reed," and then they would, you know, mm. but. Um, yeah, it was that little gesture. <laughs> that little gesture <laughs> makes totally. such a big difference. Yeah, just that like, little bit, and and yeah, to I see someone that that yeah. that looked like you. I was I was told once that it didn't matter that a student didn't see um, someone um, of their race or their color or their ethnicity or however <laughs> you um, screwed up that word pretty good. But um, gotcha. I um, know what you're saying. And I said, I said what. I, I remember seeing Carl Lopes. I mean, there wasn't a black girl in Barnesville High School that didn't run down. And not only that, he was absolutely <laughs> handsome at the time. I mean, he was just out of college and I think 23 years old, you know. Um, you know, we would run down the hall to go to the art room because not only was he handsome, he was like, and you know, there were a few <laughs> teachers at the school. But I mean, yeah, it was a big deal for us. I mean, right. it was it was big. It was big stuff. Yeah. You know? He's and, still a uh, handsome man. He's wonderful. Yeah. I, I just, I he truly, is. I truly just absolutely love Carl and his wife, Kathy. I just, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, this next generation, you know, there are pretty well documented studies and um, that talk about the, the generation that's coming up. That's like, you know, my third grader's age, right? He's eight. I mean, there's way more diversity coming up. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll read the stat and I'd love to get your feedback on it. I wasn't sure I was going to read it, but um, we were talking about it on the way here. So by, 2020, by 2044, the U.S. will be a multi-ethnic majority country. By 2020, over one-third of the global workforce will be made up of millennial employees, those born between 1980 and 2000, according to National Utilities Diversity Council, a 2014 study found that 69% of students between the ages of 12 and 25 said that the lack of diversity in workplace in the workplace 
would prevent them from working for a particular employer. And the data reflects Generation Z, those who have just turned 18 and are entering the workforce. And so I think about our creatives coming up, creative workers, you know? Yeah. Like, we are going to be, like, there's not a choice, right? Like, there is a, a movement of the next generation of kids. So what can we do, you know, to support these, com- besides having, you know, these important conversations, mm-hmm. um, you know, what are things that maybe somebody running an arts organization could think about, you know, about think- getting ready, right? Yeah. Like educating our patrons, educating our sponsors. And I yeah. think amplifying those efforts um, that you're creating with the access program, mm-hmm. um, I think that's absolutely valuable um, yeah. and, and definitely uh, a step in the right direction. But absolutely uh, educating everyone in the community. Um, I mean, wow, those numbers are – I'm not surprised, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think I think a, a, a future of our artists – it's just so diverse. It's just going to be so massively diverse. I mean, yeah. just look at the stuff that kids and and, and young yeah. kids and, and young adults are just the most amazing stuff. Is just absolutely. And art is so healing, especially um, for. I mean, for everyone, art is healing for yeah. everyone. Doesn't matter your skin color, but in marginalized communities, I feel like it's our way of giving voice to mm. the to the racial trauma and and the things that we go through, mm. um, and it's so so critical that people are able to express themselves and in a multitude of different ways. And I think, um, you know, especially like you mentioned, the the poetry slam, we had a Amplify collaborated with um, Anastasi um, at the Cordial Eye um, Artist Gallery and with Polyphonic Studios and Rachel Devaney. And we we had a spoken word, George Floyd Memorial spoken word um, event on the Village Green. Mm. And it was powerful. I mean, Mm. the poetry slam artist that came out. Um, we had Tamora Israel and um, so many great, you know, Amanda Shea, so many great um, spoken word artists who just came and moved the whole green to tears um, and and also rejoiced um, in the resilience of um, everything that we've had to overcome. So it's just, it's so therapeutic and so healing. And, you know, yes, families are incredibly busy, um, trying Mm -hmm. to just survive. Um, but definitely I, I like the idea of approaching it from a family unit point of view, as opposed to an individual student. Um, I think that's really where you're going to make the most impact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been so nice to have you both here. Well, thank Thank you you. so much. Thank you you so much. Nice to meet you as well. And Tara, to see you again. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. And I am just so impressed with Tara's drive. Oh, it's amazing. I, you know, it's amazing. I've done like this much and she's like, (laughs) she's been, you've been doing that a long time because I remember at Housing Assistance Corporation, yeah, you were just a little baby. <laughs> That's you were a little baby, so and funny. <laughs> you were so engaged and so yeah. um, concerned for the community. Like your uh, commitment to that population, a very challenging situation, um, has just been very impressive. So I'm really Thank happy you. to know you. 
Likewise. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I'm really happy that our paths crossed yes, again. Yes, me too. Me too. Like I get chills thinking about know. it, you know, Thank so you, happy that you're in my life. Um, <laughs> and so on that note, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you for joining us for the Creative Exchange podcast. I'm Julie Wake, Executive Director of the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod. Until next time, stay creative. podcast is a collaboration between the Arts Foundation of Cape Cod and the Cultural Center of Cape Cod in South Yarmouth. Hosted by Arts Foundation's Executive Director Julie Wake and produced and edited by Julie and Lloyda at the Cultural Center, the series is an ode to the artistic process and its unique manifestation on Cape Cod and beyond. Thanks for listening.